Whether you've overdone it at the gym, at the dinner table, or on the couch, AHM Health Insurance have a cover for you. Join direct at ahm.com.au. G'day everybody, welcome to the Carlton Show, episode number three as we work our way through the JLT series. One game left to come Fremantle Friday night. A very different team's going to be wearing the navy blue by the time they hit the deck for that one. Andy Marr here again with Paul Barbazza. Good evening to you, Bagsy. Good day, Andy. Stephen Purdile. Good evening to you, Gex. Bucket. Paz. Bit to get through tonight. There's a little bit to get through. There's some people who have decided that they've seen enough. Uh, they're going to, They're writing Carlton off. Uh, it is a it is disaster waiting to happen. Um, there's one of the most um, storied journalists going around. Patrick Smith has declared that Brendan Bolton should be the coach who's got the crosshairs on his security of tenure more than any other coach in the competition. On based on the evidence that he's seen dished up so far in JLT, I wish we could start on a positive, and I wish we could start on the women uh, when we'll get to those uh, a little later, but. I'm a bit fired up about some of the stuff that I've been hearing from uh, people in the media and uh, some supporters out there. So can we just get that off our liver right from the start of the show tonight? Do you mind if I put no, that no, out No, you go for it. Do, no, one of you guys, if one of you guys wants to lead off, go your hardest. But I've been fired up all day having read Patrick Smith's column in The Australian today. And yeah, I thought, I've read it myself. What did you think of it? Garbage. Absolute garbage. It's, um, Why so? Well... To, I got my theories. To pick but... on a bloke who is in basically his said that second year. Basically, just in case for, there's, yeah. there's a lot of people who won't have read it. Right. Essentially, he's quoted Matthew Lord saying there are two other coaches out there who are in the gun uh, under the most pressure going into 2017. Patrick Smith's gone through Lordy's reasons as to why that is the case, and then Patrick said, "Well, it should be Brendan Bolton." He doesn't like Brendan Bolton for some reason. He hasn't liked Brendan Bolton from the moment Brendan Bolton got the job at Carlton, and he's carried that through to this column that he's written today. So for those who don't haven't read The Australian, um, that's it in a nutshell. Oh, well, his article has flaws in it. There's no doubt about that. He talks about us having um, last year um, a poor year. Um, he obviously hasn't done his research because our year last year – Forgetting wins and losses, and he seems to have he seems to be hell bent on wins and losses um, defensively. And I've said this in prior shows, we were we actually brought when we did lose, or even if we won, the opposition scored lower than what they had previous years. So defensively, we were a lot better last year. Uh, he went on to say that St Kilda were missing Geary, their captain, mm. and Rewalt. Patrick, they're missing three others, mate. Mm. Roberton, Weller, Montagna. Do your research, mate. Seriously, you're better than that, or I believe you're better than that, or people tell me you're better than that. I would know. I don't buy the paper. Mm. I got it for free on the on the internet, so I wouldn't buy that gutter journalism, to be <laughs> honest with you. But um, to pick on a bloke in his second year, and we haven't even started this year, it's, it's mind-boggling how he would even come up with this theory that Bolton's in the gun. Um, and should be more so... Than any other coach going to see. Yeah, look, this is media stuff, and we understand why they like doing it. It generates talk back topic, talk back callers. I've probably been guilty of doing it myself at some stage in the past, but I'd like to think when there was a legitimate reason to be um, assessing 
the security of a coach's tenure. He's had his run at it. He's had his chance to shape a list. He's had his chance to develop a list, and it hasn't got to where he wanted it to go. The point you make about Brendan Bolton is 100% right. He's about to tiptoe into his second year. It's his second year. I mean, surely you've got to give a bloke going through a major rebuild, the, the type of which they're embarking upon at Carlton under Brendan Bolton, and what I think is as good a coaching team as the footy club's ever had, I don't think we've ever had the depth of talent and expertise in our coaching staff the way we have at Carlton at the moment. Um, you've got to give it more time than 12 months and a couple of pre-season games, don't you? It's a huge mountain that he faces. The whole club is found, facing a massive mountain in front of him. But give him a chance. Mm. I mean, just give him a chance. It's just ridiculous to come out and say that he should be the one in the gun. Uh, you know, And I don't think he has any relevance in his story there as to actually why he should be in the gun, mm. if you read it properly. I think he's got an issue with him. You had a read of it. You had a read of it, didn't you? What did you think of it? Well, we live in a, a reactive society these days with this 24 by 7 journalism. And, you know, there, there's lots of stories that have to fill the void these days to, to you know, uh, take up that space. But... Uh, the first rule of journalism, I would have thought, is to be factual. Um, and I'll read you two quotes from the article here. He said, by the end of last season, we had not improved as a team on 2015 form. Well, I think looking at the stats from 2015, we had actually had four wins that year. Mm. So I, I don't understand how a guy who is the number one football journo can come up with that sort of tripe and get away with it personally. So to say we didn't improve on 2015 is, we'll just put a line through this statement. Wrong? That's wrong. Second statement, which I was shaking my head about because I don't know if it was a reflection on some sort of philosophy or something, but he said, what is an internal standard and why is it different from an external challenge? Now, I don't know how you decipher that sentence. I don't know what his point is really, but if... Any team worth their salt doesn't have an internal culture and a set of standards that they live by from one game to the next and they can measure those standards one week to the next and pick their teams according to those standards one week to the next. That is exactly what an internal standard is, Patrick. So really, I mean, I think you must have been sitting in front of the TV with a few too many reds that night because, and your editor for... God, I don't know what he was doing either, but he didn't fact check one thing that you wrote. So good luck and hope you get better as the season goes on. Mate. <laughs> well, he had a good weekend because his horse won the Australian Guinea. So maybe he just was, oh, he was just a short shrift he gave you know, to his copy that he had to provide. So I just looked at St Kilda. St Kilda, we sat here last week. And I thought they're going to beat us by 100. You said, "Who cares? Make it 200, um, Gecko." So we knew what was we knew what was coming. It was no surprise. But the reaction has been just it's just annoying. I get annoyed by stupid, thoughtless, mindless reaction. Now, Pat, we're sort of, we're talking about Patrick's column. He's got Brendan Bolton lined up in, as Brendan Bolton goes into his second year, right? Alan Richardson, who coached St Kilda against us on the weekend. When he went into his second year, his second year was 2015. They won four of their they won four out of 22 in their first year under Richardson in 2014. In their second year, they won six. They lost 15 and they drew one. Amongst those losses, 
74 points to Collingwood, 40 points to Carlton, 46 points to Adelaide, 53 points to West Coast, 63 points to Hawthorne, 35 to the Giants, 63 to Port, 37 to Frio, 37 to North. Then, to round it off, to round off what was in the eyes of Patrick Smith and people who want to lay the boots into blokes who are trying to develop teams and have got long-term pictures in mind, at the end of what was a bad year already, their last two games, 97-point defeat at the hand of Sydney in round 22, 95-point defeat at the hand of the Eagles in round 23 to finish the year. Now, if you want to lay the boots into a bloke, lay the boots into Alan Richardson after that. But St Kilda didn't. They stuck fat. The next year, they win 12 out of 10 because he's developing a list and they've got a plan. This year, they go into a season full of hope. Full of hope. It's been a four, this is the fourth year under Richardson that they've been allowed to build and allowed to just develop and create all the things that we hope Brendan Bolton and his team are trying to create at Carlton and will create at Carlton. Um, look at Alan Richardson in his second year. I mean, can you imagine the if that had been Carlton or Collingwood, uh, instead of St Kilda, and there was a little pressure about around St Kilda at the time, I remember, but not people with Richardson going into his second year saying this bloke should be numero uno uh, coaching the competition with a target on his back. There's none of that going into Richardson's second year. Uh, grossly unfair, I reckon, on Brendan Bolton. Yeah, well, Patrick, fourth year. Fourth year, fourth year. Richardson. Yep. Fourth year. Fourth year. Yeah. And uh, then we go back to Bomber Thompson. Yep. They wanted him out, mm-hmm. gave him the extra oh, – or he was gone. Oh, they brought Neil Barham in to change the whole structure of the footy department. Yeah. Stuck. What happened to Geelong? Well, of course. They knew they had the right man. And I'll go back to – this. look, we spoke about this in our first podcast that I thought they should have done that with Brett Ratton. I thought they should have given him the extra year, the last year of his contract, and changed the structure. Now, now I'm not saying we would have been in Geelong's position had that happened, but Geelong saw the benefit. They, they knew they had some value, and they invested. I hope our board sees that the guy that they appointed 18 months ago, there or thereabouts, is still the right guy, and they're not going to worry about any of this white noise, the filling of the void that you talk about, which does, if you're weak, if you're weak, it does impact and can impact on the decisions that a footy club makes. Oh, they're not going to listen to this pickle. Seriously, Andy, give me a break. They will not listen to this pickle. I'll, I'll, I'll put a challenge out there um, that any any so-called football expert out there worth their salt, I, I dare them to agree with what Patrick has said. I, I want to see some comments here that is for his argument, and I'll be... I'll be amazed if anybody backs him t- uh, based on any evidence from last season, how you could possibly go, you know, hard at a, at a coach um, in in the first two practice games of a season. It, it's outrageous, personally, but there you go. Let's see if anyone agrees No one in the it. world. No one in no the world will. will agree with him. Maybe someone in Mars. Oh, there's a couple of lunatic supporters out there. Is there? Oh, there are. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's an element... What? An element of fringe, there's a fringe element of supporters who think that it's rubbish and that we should be better and that, you know, the coach is no good and the recruiting's no good and the blokes we're getting from GWS are no good and this guy can't play and he's not worth it and we're do no they, good. Do they're, they they're, actually understand the composition no, of our do. side? I don't the think they do. The composition of our side that went out on the weekend? No. Well, I don't do think they, they under- take the time. Do they understand that? I don't think I'll they take the time to think about if it. they no. know the composition no. of the side. You know, seven first-year players, four in their second year. There was... Um, an American who came out of basketball. There was um, four players that played 
uh, predominantly reserves football last year. So you're looking at, uh, and there was, um, yeah. So you're looking at about 17 players there out of the 26 mm. that have had very little um, grouping over the last well, exposure two, at this sort of level and, of course, and playing that, with that one another. No. That, so that side could not have possibly been uh, competitive against you know any any side in the comp probably. And I actually think the first half was acceptable. I agree with that. I agree with that. They gave, they coughed up some horrible, horrible uh, free kicks, turnovers that led to really soft St Kilda goals. Um, but I thought um, for at least a quarter and a half, I thought they were in the contest. Um, it, the wheels fell off, and it was always going to fall off with the sort of team that they put out there. Against a side like St Kilda, and we've got to remember, they did have four or five out, as you pointed out. Yeah, you the two teams we played, and we said this last week or the week before, they're arguably about the two worst sides you'd want to run into in this year's preseason comp. They're both aspirational. Hungry. They're both hungry. They've both got players falling over one another, fighting with one another to get a spot in round one. Uh, they both are believing that they're going to be playing finals footy this year. Every minute of every game for Melbourne and St Kilda is a, ch- a chance for those players to prove something. And they've got their eyes on a prize. They're, they're not developing anymore. They're at the point where they need to. So I've said this to a couple of people. Had we played Hawthorne on uh, whenever we played Saturday, the same team goes out of Prince's Park and plays Hawthorne. Hawthorne gets six up halfway through the second quarter. Cue in the rack, Hawthorne. Cue in the rack. They, they go through them, not go through the motions, but they just do enough for the rest of the game. They don't put the foot on the throat and run away and win by 92 points the way St Kilda did. And they probably let us kick eight or nine on the way through rather than the four that we kicked. And it just doesn't look as bad. But Melbourne and St Kilda, to their absolute credit, they've got two unbelievably hungry, desperate and enthusiastic um, lists that um, are you know, keen to go somewhere. So that's that. We've got that off. Anything to add before we get on to um, the other stuff that we want to talk about? I don't want to talk about okay. people like Patrick Smith, mate. Has there been a better? Was there? A, we've got the likes and the dislikes, which we'll get to a little bit later. Do we like anything more than what the women produced on the weekend? Is that was that the shining light again from a from a Carlton Footy Club perspective across the weekend, Gex? Oh look, um, it was a fantastic game of footy. Uh, this is this is almost a, a shootout type game, which is a lot different to a lot of the other types of games I've seen the girls play uh, this season. Um, Bree Davies, I mean, what an absolute superstar to get back out there. And and she she played a massive role in stemming the tide and and, uh, repelling uh, attacks because there was lots of momentum shifts in this game. Um, It was really watchable. It was was a really good game of footy. Um, And more... More players outside of those top-tier recruits came out of the woodwork and showed what they could do in this match. Um, uh, Bella, uh, Bella Rare. Bella Rare. She's what, a, she's a, a potential, potential gun. Like yeah. She's found yeah. a niche down there as, she's a, 18. as a foil to Vessio. Yep. And um, I, I can just see they can sort of get a bit a bit more uh, confidence out of a game like that. And, you know, whether it's too late or not this season, I don't know. <laughs> But, um, you know, they're, they're, they're only going to get better and, and uh, combine as a, as a team even more in, uh, for the next weeks and seasons to come after this. 
Well, just on uh, Bree Davey, we're about um, right on our way to the football, my daughter and I, and um, she was looking at the um, some something on uh, Facebook or something or other, mm-hmm. and they were showing the runes. And she said to me, Dad, Dad, Bree Davey's warming up. You know, she got really excited. And, and I just, I said, no, 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 she won't be playing. She won't yeah. be playing. She couldn't possibly be playing. She's probably just an emergency. Because, Dad, she's going to play. She's warming up. So I started to get the, the hairs on the back of the neck. I started to get a little bit excited. Because yes. I thought, we all knew that she plays. We're a big chance of winning the game. And it was a desperate game for us. You know, you get to the ground. You see her run out. It was just enormous to see what she means to her teammates. She's vice captain. Uh, yep. Equal vice captain. Yep, yep. When she runs out, they walk taller. Mm. And what she does in the back line, what she does going forward, it means a hell of a lot. But not just that, I stood in front of the, uh, uh, the where the players, uh, the interchange bench there, and um, she came off, I think in the second quarter or third quarter, and she was obviously sore. Yeah. Obviously playing with painkillers or whatever. She took her top up a bit and there was a massive padding on the back of her back strapped how you can play with that it, you know it, it'd be very uncomfortable her to push through and come out in the last five minutes i watched it again today the last five minutes she was in everything she stopped everything stopped everything she did she did herself. she did against western bulldogs what daisy pierce did against us um the previous the week previous week yep. yeah yeah and look just some other mentions to gecko's already talked about bellaire fessio had a, another good game uh, took a specky and kicked, I think, three goals. I think we've got a really blend of midfield. You've got Hosking, you've got Loins, you've got um, Arnell. Lucas Rod, yeah. Arnell. Yeah. Well, Arnell actually in the first half Struggled. was playing a stopping. Yep. No, she was playing a stopping yep. role on uh, Carney. Yep. And then in the second half, that seemed to. I think Carney went forward and then the captain started playing her own game, mm. started to get into it. But we've got a midfield that spreads, you know, they, I think they get about 10 to 15 possessions each between mm. them, and it's a very even spread, and they're an even spread across the, the, the ground. They've got three girls who all look the same, mind Yeah, you. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Hardyman, Gillespie Jones, yeah. and I'm sorry. I wanted you to mention those two. Well, Gillespie Jones had a big game. She's, Hardyman, a, she's a gun, mate, at either end of the ground. Gillespie yeah. Jones and Hardyman, they've been unsung. Yeah. Hardyman, they have been, they've been super for Carlton. So they're year. number five and 31. 31. Who's yeah. 30? I'm sorry. I'm a bit oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the former basketballer, Alison Downey. Downey. She's a gun, mate. There's another one. She's a gun. And, and then they've got the two Ruckman there, Sherlaw and... And, and yeah, Peter Moody's daughter. I think both kicked a goal each. They I'm did. Quite, yeah, so They're both really athletic. Yeah. And then the other one, young Brown, Madison Brown, I think it is Alison young Brown. Alison Brown, yeah, is it? Yeah. She's a gun. Like yeah. they've got this this five. They're the five that you mentioned right there. This clutch of tools by yeah, women's standard oh, who are definitely. all athletic. Yeah, they're all athletic. And apparently we're playing top up players, so we must mm. have some injuries. We have. So and and then and Exxon come off the ground. Yep. Arnell come off the ground. Uh, she went back on again, but. It was a great game. I mean, unfortunately, we needed percentage, and you know, having that four or five goals up, we need to maintain that and mm. push push even harder. I, I know it's probably math- mathematically still possible. I think that we can make it uh, the grand final. That is, but we, probably we, this year, I think we'll fall short. We needed the Adelaide Brisbane result to go the other way in a perfect world, because then we would have had a crack at Brisbane. At, you know, in, then we would have had the opportunity to. Um, have a bit more control of our own destiny. As it is, Adelaide play Melbourne this week. Now, it's last roll at Ice in Melbourne. 
um, to stay in the hunt. So Melbourne have to beat Adelaide this week. Adelaide's a game uh, ahead of us. So if Melbourne beat Adelaide, and if they happen to beat them by three or four, now we're going to go over to Fremantle, who have been stiff all year. Like They're going to pull one out of the fire at some stage, the Dockers, and it could be this week. So you're not going to take that as a win. But if we can beat Fremantle and get a result on the scoreboard, then you never know. You never know. It's not out of the question at all that Melbourne beat Adelaide this week. Not out of the question at all. And it's not out of the question that we can go and win by a couple, you know, all things being equal against Fremantle, and it tightens right up. Now, I'm going into the final round. So, look, it's not over yet. Can you manufacture a win for the Blues the last two and get us into the finals? And I'm sure the AFL would like us I in would the like grand it. final. Can, uh, but, can uh, I say one thing about Darcy Vessia? A lot's been said about Darcy Vessia. And I, I hope the women don't mind us um, trying to compare them to men who have played, who have come before them because in 50 years' time, they'll, they'll be talking about you know, um, uh, Helen Barbaza, uh, Bagsy's great-granddaughter, and they'll say, oh, she plays just like Lauren Arnell used to play. And she reminds me of Lauren Arnell, but we don't have that to fall back on at the moment. So we do, if we want to make comparisons with players of the past, unfortunately, they have to be with men. And I hope they don't mind. But Darcy Vessio, I was watching that, I watched that game closely on, on replay when I came back from Adelaide. This is high praise indeed. She reminds me of Alex Jezelinka. She She's plays like Alex Jeselinka. She's like the worm, isn't she? She is. Yeah, the worm. Yeah. Undersized key position yeah, player right. has got, can make something out of nothing, yep. can turn players inside out in the blink of an eye. She's a step ahead of everybody around her. She can finish and she can take a mark. She's got great hands. She reminds me, uh, the more I see her, the more I think, gee, she looks like a young Alex Jeselinka. Mm, it's not a bad call, actually. That's not a bad call at all. Can I just give one praise to a bulldog? Uh, girl, yeah. and I, you know, it's, this is the Carlton show, but you, know, you got to be a little bit fair. The girl Blackburn, oh, she was a superstar. Mm, number oh, ten, wow. No, number two, can, nearly three votes. Oh, She's probably BOG. Can she kick She's, the ball? Oh, can she what? She kicks it better than I ever have. <laughs> she kicked with the goal. The, the goal she kicked on the burst when we've Inst- kicked one oh. twenty seconds after the, the immediate answer, she kicked on the burst out of the centre from fifty-five. But I turned around to Fiona and I said that was special. Yeah. That, that was unbelievable. I said AFL players don't even do that. No. Mm. And it was unbelievable. Yeah. So anyway, not too much about the Bulldogs. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> worth giving. It's worth giving some credit. So look to the girls. You know, destiny's sort of probably not really in your own hands anymore. H- having said this, I-, I don't know who is in charge of putting the list together, and this is only of any interest to me and no one else because I just want to say that I told you so. I was over in Adelaide on Saturday for the pre-game of the Adelaide Brisbane game in the AFLW for seven. Shall do on seven. And we got to see a couple of the SANFL uh, women's games as curtain raisers at Norwood Oval. 12,000 people at Norwood Oval, by the way. Sensational. Every bit 12,000 too, by the way. No making up of the figures there. There's a girl playing for Glen Elk. Now, if anyone from the Carlton List Management team with the women's team is listening to this, can you go and take a Form 4 or whatever it is these days and go straight to the home of Eloise Jones Number 11 for Glenn Elg and sign her up. She will be... I can't believe she's not playing in the AFL Women's League now. She is an absolute superstar. Marks it, kicks it, has got a bit of you-know-what about her. Doesn't mind pushing the opposition around a little bit. Athletic, young. Uh, she, is, she should be playing in this league, and hopefully next year she plays for us. Eloise Jones. Remember the name. Hey? Did you have a word to her? Do I have a word to her? Yeah. No, no, no. I think that's beyond my purvey. I don't think I can go and Carlton's do. Bath. I don't think I can go and do deals for the Blues. I'm not. I'm not that powerful. Form just. four, Gex. Jeez, he's bringing back the seventies. 
A form four. Might be a bit of commission in there for you. Yeah. Is that what we do these days? Get them on a form four. That's what we used to do, didn't we? Sign them up at fourteen on form fours, and then every other club tried to come and get them. We sit, and then Colo just waved the form four yeah, in front of. We used to just pay them under the table, Andy. That's Me- the way. Yeah. Okay. I think there's a few people out there who wish for the good old days and don't understand the modern way you got to build a list. There's no Messiah complex anymore. There's no quick fix at Carlton. You've got to suck it up and go through the hard yards to get to where we want to go. Mate, right? the great Houdini wouldn't be able to get us uh, winning into the finals this year. If people are out there who are impatient, you know what? If you're impatient and you're going to bag our club, I prefer if you don't be a Carlton member. I'm with you 100%. And you know what? If you're going to bag it holeless bolus now... Don't be the first bloke in the rooms when we turn it around and we're having a win and you've got your kids in there getting selfies taken. Don't be the first one in there saying, look at me, I'm a Carlton man or I'm a Carlton woman. Don't, don't be that person. If you're going to hate and hate with vitriol, then don't jump on the bandwagon when the good times are all. You, you, you gotta go. It's like when you, you've got to surf the bad wave to appreciate the good one. You've got to go through these hard yards uh, because there's no – Rabbits that are going to be pulled out of hats anymore to turn this around. Um, Fair weather front running supporters. We don't want. We don't want them. Um, right, let's let's get the. Should we get the dislikes from the weekend's footy out of the way? Gecko, uh, ninety two points. St Kilda did to us what we thought they were going to do to us. Um, would have been nice to see probably a bit more resistance on the way through. But um, out of the dislikes, we'll, we'll finish on a positive this week. What were the things that annoyed you, or the thing that annoyed you most from the weekend? Uh, okay, and a summary sort of point. Just form. go with your biggest. What was it? Go with your, if you've uh, only got one, because we'll give you a few more on the way through. Disappointments were senior footballers making bad decisions mm. and executing poorly. Um, you expect that type of thing coming from your lesser experienced players, really, and and guys who haven't been in that action before. But um, I don't know. I don't really want tonight to be about naming names because there's going to be lots of opportunity for that as the season goes on. But just in general, it was senior footballers making bad decisions um, consistently. Uh, in in another general um, point form, handball decisions um, too close to the to the players running past. Um, you know, it's one thing trying to run through traffic, but. And again, it's a cohesion thing with new and old and inexperienced, all of those chemistry things. But guys were running and calling for the ball from the wrong positions and just running straight into traffic and, and they'd turn over City there. And our play that was potentially going to open up the play would just go the other way and everyone's out of position and then Eliupia got a goal kicked against you. So that was a bit frustrating to watch. Um, kicking skills. When guys were clear, especially going inside 50, uh, and I'll give you two examples. One was Rowe. The other one was Wietering, both in the same position. Um, Mark the ball. This time they were inside 50, right, like yeah. 45 metres out directly in front, and elected to go for the pass to a, to a worse position and not hit the target. Uh, if you're in the forward line and that's your job, take the shot, boys, if you're in front and, and just take responsibility for what you're doing. I mean, anyway, look, you know, these are things hopefully they learn from. A uh, couple of things off the top of my head anyway. No, look, he's, he's definitely covered the some of the things that I had down too. Just to, to add to that, seven goals we gave away, three from 50-metre penalties, four from silly free kicks. If you were to... Um, do that in a normal game, 
for four points, he would be furious, the coach. Mm. Bolton would be absolutely furious with that. That's undisciplined pay. Uh, look, maybe there was one or two that were iffy, but it doesn't matter. They still get paid. It means that they're, you're doing something wrong. You know, take seven goals away from that score, which you can't because they kicked them. Um, you know, lose 11 goals to four. Maybe these fair-weather supporters might have been a little bit happier with that. The fact of the matter is we did make those mistakes and it's not good enough. It's not good enough to be giving cheap 50s away when we're a club trying to emerge, we're trying to do all the right things, we're trying to you know, collectively you know, get better as a team you know, really quickly. That side of it um, was a real disappointment for me mm. on the weekend. Um, and look, they, look, St Kilda found targets all day and, and we didn't. Um, second week in a row, talking about finding targets, mm. it's the second week in a row where, and I think it leads, comes back to something you said before, Gecko, about turnovers in the wrong places, everyone out of position, they get it, bing, bang, bong, and there's players on their own going back the other way all over the place. But it was the second week in a row where um, we've been exposed out the back and on the turnover brutally. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, just, just what, how do these blokes get on? They're, they're lining up. For the second week in a row, we talked about the number of marks Melbourne took inside 50 against us at Casey the week before. Well, St Kilda just, they chopped us when they got, and it was exactly what they did to us last year at Etihad Stadium. It was like they were just ping-ponging all over the place around us. Um, but it was that, it was the defensive, uh, the defensive breakdown again that just was the, that was the worry for me, that if it is a product of skill error, Bad decision as we're moving the footy forward and everybody's going, and then on the way back they just haven't got time to get back to, you know, cover um, for the quick St Kilda ball going forward. It probably is that, but we've got to be better in our defensive transition uh, if we're going to be a good, if we're going to be a competitive team as competitive as we were last year. Um, we've got to be better at that. Oh, and you got to have blokes who are prepared to who want to. You told us about Cade Simpson last week. You've got to have blokes who when it's time to get get back, they go back with the gusto that they go when they're going the other way. And I reckon there's a couple that don't. I reckon we've got a couple that don't work back as hard as they need to when it's their time to go. Look, we've probably had a second, third string midfield. And look, our, our best midfield, I'm not even sure if our best midfield is up against the best midfields in the comp. Uh, they can kind of match it with them in areas, but our second string midfielders... Are um are at this stage a little bit below par. Some mm. aren't ready to play AFL, and some and clearly not up to it. Now, the turnovers that we talk about, some were unforced, some were forced, some were under pressure, some weren't. But Bruce kicked seven, four of them directly from mm. Carlton turnovers. Mm. So it's demoralising. That that side of it to me is demoralising for for the twenty six that played. I'm sure that they're watching it just like we are, and and they get demoralised. So, guys, they've got a. I don't know who our skills coach is down there. I've got no idea his name, but he's got a he's got a bit of a a task ahead mm. of him, you know, this year to get blokes up uh, to speed. And just on that skills aspect, when when you see senior players. Trying a quick pass and their their bodies aren't balanced. Mm. 
you know, they're kicking off one step, sometimes even moving backwards. backwards yeah. Sam Kerry. And they're on their left yeah. foot yeah. and they're and they're not balanced. They're, they're kicking it out on the fall from twenty meters. Dale Thomas. And uh, I said I'm not going to name. No, them well, they're the two. You. I mean, they're the two. They're the they're the two that I'm that oh, I can remember straight I'm away. Just thinking, you've you've been playing the game all your life. Where is the skill? I mean, you've got to be better than that. Surely. I'm the same as Gex. I totally agree that I've got eight names written down as senior players, and like like he says, there's no point in mentioning them. Uh, but that was the disappointing part. I mean, if, you, if it was the seven debutants, would well, you just accept it, don't you? As nerves and all the rest of it. But when you've got eight senior players, guys have played fifty, sixty, over a hundred. You know, kicking the ball out of full, I think it happened five times. We kicked the ball out in the full for the game. But look, I'll look. I'll save something for a little bit later on because it's a it's a positive and a negative yeah. roll rolled on in one. But uh, yeah, look, we hugged the boundary too. Was that St Kilda probably pushing us yeah, to the boundary? Or, but we hugged the boundary way too much. Two weeks in a row, we were pushed out that way. I mean, it was really good defensive uh, positioning by the opposition, kicking out of the back line, and they gave us very little option. And one of your bugbears, Gex, that final kick. Inside 50. We only went in 26 times, mm. so let's not get too carried away. But that final kick that went inside 50, particularly in the first quarter, when we could have got some scoreboard pressure yeah. early. I elected so to go tell, wide. tell the people about the, our final kick into the 50. I elected to go wide into that, that uh, old scoreboard pocket three times. When, you know, in one occasion, Korchek was wide open running towards a goal square and it had to be the kick to go to and he elected not to and, and go into the forward pocket and, you know, he hit the target and he had a shot at goal but that's not what you want to see. I mean, if, if you're in an attacking position, you've got uh, some body space with your bloke running forward of the ball, you've got to go to him in a central position every time and... You know, it's just percentages and, and a mindset. I don't understand it sometimes, but... They panic. They panic. Mm. You know, when we've got the ball inside 50 and cool heads need to prevail, need to steady a little bit, find the right target, go back 20 metres, uh, go sideways, shoot a hand pass out, whatever they have to do, there were times in that first quarter, and we actually had the ascendancy at that stage, that they clearly panic. They don't have a system. They do not have a system. They just bomb the ball long into the... Oh, that's the one you're packs. talking That's the one you've been banging on about for 15 just, just, years. Just goes into yep. packs. Yep. And unless you've got a superstar who can jump on blokes' heads... No one does that in the game anymore. No, well, one, and, ta no one takes contested marks anymore. And unless you've got the great little forwards that can take up the crumbs, which I didn't see any crumbing goals on the weekend... Pick it around that one in. But that wasn't a crummy goal. Wasn't that, a crummy he, he goal got, but no, he, no, you're he right. Got it from someone else. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Like it wasn't. It wasn't a, yeah, you're right. So I mean, you know, we only kicked four. We only kicked four. <laughs> there wouldn't exactly have been many crummy goals. The I don't third think, quarter. To to. Third quarter. I suggest no one watch that quarter again. That was a third quarter massacre. Mm -hmm. Massacre. It was eighty five percent in the Saints forward half to fifteen percent. It was 30 degrees out there and our forwards were stone cold. Yeah. That was, um, that is really something that you, you will not see uh, in any quarter in AFL football. So, so uh, 
unless you've got any other dislikes that you no, want to... No, okay. Before we get on to the stuff that we liked, and believe it or not, based on the Twitter feedback that you know, I got when I put it out uh, earlier today, there's a lot, and, I, and I, this glands my heart that there's a lot of Carlton supporters out there who can see you know, through the, the haze of you know, disappointment when your footy team gets beaten by 90, 90 points. You know, of course, you're going to be disappointed, but you've got to see the bigger picture, and there's a lot of people who do. But before we get on to the, what we liked from the weekend, do you have any fear that off the back of the two defeats that we've had, that confidence gets knocked around so badly that this young team, emerging team, wants to believe what the coaches are telling them. They want to go out and execute what they're being told to do. They go and try and do it two weeks in a row. It falls apart you know, pretty badly in those two games. Is there any fear in either of your hearts that maybe the confidence gets knocked around so bad that it's a very difficult hole for a young team to kind of find their way to climb out of? Under a different coach, yes. Under Brenton Bolton, sorry, Patrick, but no. Okay. You? Um, from my eyes, uh, the only people that really looked like they might have dropped their head a fraction were the senior players. To me, the kids were the ones that, yeah, I agree were, with that. were the ones that were gunning for four quarters, um, and and were some of the real positives for me. So. You know, from the young the youngsters' point of view, they they just kept uh, trying their heart out. From what I could see, Andy, what's the coach's background? He was a teacher, Debbie, wasn't Debbie, he? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yep. Say no more. Yeah. So what I got told during the week was that the because we we had a six day we got a six day turnaround going into the Fremantle game, so we got to travel. It's going to be hot. Six day turnaround, which is ridiculous at this time of the year. How the AFL can't orchestrate to make sure that everybody's got at least a seven day turnaround for every single game is beyond me. You can play the game any day of the week. You can play it any day of the week. You can play it on Wednesday afternoon if you need to. It doesn't matter when the games get played. Um, but we got a six day turnaround. So that is the reason they went heavy on youth this week. What I got told um, you know, by a couple of Carlton insiders was that the six or seven senior blokes who come back in this week were clawing at the joint to play this. They wanted to play this week. They're filthy about missing out. They understand why they weren't allowed to play, why, you know, loads and all that sort of stuff. Um, but they are so keen to get to Fremantle and take on the Dockers and help turn it around that I would expect a spike. I mean, well, I think we're all going to expect a spike in the – we hope there's going to be a significant spike against Fremantle. We got a morale booster against Collingwood on the weekend. Just some um, – a fallout from the JLT two, Kerno won't play this week. He got that knock on the shoulder. He'll if it, if it was round one, I'm told he would play, but it's a management thing now. So Charlie won't play. Um, Charlie, yeah, Charlie got the knock on the shoulder. He won't play. Um, Buckley will miss as well. That it's just a mystery pinch of some kind of nerve mm. in his hip. They tried to put him back on. Obviously, he couldn't go. Um, he would be available, likely be available for selection if. It was a round one game, but they're going to manage him as well. And Simon White, who I think we're all a bit scared for when he got that knock on the neck. He's had the he's had the vertebrae issues in the past. Uh, I think he he feared the worst immediately. He thought oh, I've done it again. Uh, he's okay. So they might um, re- they're probably going to rest him, but he is available for selection. I'm told this week if they choose to pick him in the t- team that goes over to WA. So there's the housekeeping from that perspective. The fallout. There's a whole lot are going to come back in, obviously. Okay, the likes. I put it out on Twitter, and there's too many to mention. You know who you are. But overwhelmingly, the kids got the big thumbs up. The senior blokes, as you talked about, they were the ones that were getting the big crosses against their names. The kids, by and large, 
and just about every single one of them got a mention on the way through from so many people who are listening to the Carlton Show, which is great. Um, the kids, the kids, universally from those who contributed, were a big plus. Oh, I'd agree. Um, you know, I mean, this guy's not a kid, but Korchek, you know, playing his first hit out against a you know a proper AFL side in the ruck. I thought early he was mm. really competitive. I mean, I know he probably didn't get any touches, but he tried to dive in for his second and third efforts and whatever. But I just got a little funny feeling, you know, throughout the match that I thought, you know, good on you, mate. Like, you've come out here from America. Some people might think you've come for a holiday. Some people might think you come for, you know, just pinch some easy money. But you know what? I just saw something that if, if we can persist, he's a big lump of a lad, mm. a big strong man. And this um, change in rules could actually help someone yeah, like him. Let's wait and see whether that's how long that stays in for. Okay, so you must know yeah. something. Well, it's been all over. It looks like they get it. They might repeal that okay. as soon as this week. Oh, well. The third man up thing. Right, okay. Third man touching the ball. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, it looks like that might be gone. Okay. In fact, by the well, time you're listening to this, it might already be thing. gone. I'll retract it. But under, no, if, no, the no, rule, look, if the rule I'll, survives, I know what you mean. I, I, I just mean. think that it was nice to see a guy come in. There was no Gorringe, no Phillips, no Cruiser. His backup ruckman was well, who, Rowe, Sam Rowe. Yeah. Sam Rowe. So he wasn't getting a lot of uh, help in there. But oh, good on you, mate. I get. I give a little tick to him. Yep. Mm. Okay. No, he was very effective in the first half. Uh, he was, at one stage, he was he was dominating in the tap outs in the middle. I uh, ended up with sixteen for the match, but. Um, I think he's definitely shown improvement. He's he's a project player, and if he can just pick up those you know those football skills of you know, tackling and you know p- gathering possession and and hopefully being able to dish it off to somebody, those those sort of link up plays, he'll uh, he'll definitely just get his chance. How down long the does track. it take, Martin Martin Pike? No, 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 no. no, 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 no um, sorry, um, Mike Pike. Mike Pike. How long did it take him? Yeah, well, mate, he's a laughing stock for two years. I was one of those people. No, we're there. all no. He was. He was. What are they doing with this bust? Yeah. But they put the time in, and he developed, and he came out of a rugby background, which is a bit different than a player coming out of a basketball. You know, the skill set you bring to the game is obviously different. It's why the Irish blokes. And by different the way, ball. just what we're talking about, the Irish blokes. See, Kieran Sheen got through the Bullants game, picked mm-hmm. up a hand, like some really good possession tallies for a change. Finally, started to find the footy, and I know we've been banging on about him for a couple of years, but Sheen got through the game, I believe, unscathed. And that was his first really positive hit out um, for quite some time. Yeah, him and uh, LeBoyce. Apparently, yeah, yeah. LeBoyce went all right. Yep. Kieran Jacks kicked four, but you'd expect him to kick four in that level. So, so does that get him a game? This, do you put Kieran Jacks in this week? A lot of people off Twitter. Put um, Sheehan in. No, no. Well, he's probably got to play a few more of those before he does. Oh, but, Jack, do you give Jacks? Do you I have to see Jacks in the preseason? Do we have to see him in a game oh, this preseason? I don't know. Earn your I don't, spot. Yeah, I don't know what's at what level of. I'm surprised he didn't at. play this week. Like, this was the week to play him, wasn't it? It might say something, doesn't it? Maybe, oh. maybe that's where the club rates him at the moment. Yeah. I, I believe this week they're going to go in with a side that is going to be uh, very close to the side that will mm. play Richmond. So Unlikely. Unlikely. Okay. Um, for you, the biggest positive you uh, took out of it? Look, for... Again, on a general level, uh, the effort was there, the intensity was there. And, and even though we dropped off after a quarter time, I, I felt that it was at a pretty good standard for most of the game. Uh, we were over, outplayed 
you know, out, outside of our division as far as games played were concerned, and that was always likely to happen as the game went on. Uh, so and and tackling one hundred and eighty degree turnaround in the tackling department. Yep. Um, uh, I thought the two standouts for me were Marchbank and Cunningham, uh, who who showed leadership qualities because not only did they put their bodies on the line consistently for the whole game, but they did it for pretty much on four quarters, regardless of whether they made mistakes. They just kept buttering up and they kept kept going for the whole match. I reckon they're really good signs that they're genuine footballers and we can add them to our senior list with confidence this year and that's that's what we're looking for. So, you know, that that was really good from my uh, perspective. I'm glad yeah. you said Cunningham. No, I agree with both actually. Yeah, yeah I March totally Banks. Been, yeah. I mean, McCready was the other one. Mm-hmm. McCready's the one that a lot of people off Twitter wanted us to talk about and, you know, like early in the game, he was prepared to peel off and intercept and back his judgment and... Uh, he took some kicks on that were, you know, that were ambitious when he got the footy in his hand. But I thought there's a lot to like about Harry McQuitty. And he's a fascinating story, this kid. He's from country New South Wales, right? In the middle of last year, like four months out before the national draft, McCready was being talked about as a potential top five. Some people had him as the best player in the draft pool. He goes to an elite Sydney boys' school, Kings. Um, out of the, It goes from Henty, from the bush, to Kings, he gets a footy scholarship there, and he doesn't settle in. He, from from what I've been told, and this can take it for what it's worth, and Harry McCready will, you know, confirm or deny this when he gets asked about it one of these days. But he just didn't like it. Like he didn't like the culture of the school. He didn't like living in Sydney. It was all, you know, it was all, um, it was all confusing and, and unsettling to him. And his football, as a result, suffered. Um, so to pick him up in the 40s where we picked him up, it might be one of those ones in 10 years' time and they go, well, that that was a bargain. Now, we're hoping that's the case, obviously, as Carlton supporters, but based on what we saw from him in his first senior hit out on the weekend, I can see why the raps on McCready were as high as they were, um, you know, a year a year ago. He, he looked... He looked right at home for a first gamer, 18-year-old kid, maybe 19 now, um, playing at that level. I, I thought he looked very comfortable. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, uh, look, body on body, he's going to get beaten at the moment. But, you know, he's playing against guys who are 10, 12 kilos heavier mm. and a lot stronger, done three or four or five pre-seasons. So put 10, 12 kilos on the kid. Um, definitely. I mean, look, that this draft here... The, Blokes were picked up in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and there was probably about four or five of them. Uh, the other two showed a bit on in glimpses. Need, this this club needs to get lucky with some of them picks. They really do, uh, and I'm hopeful that they've kind of picked the right ones. I mean, uh, we can go on with Paulson. Paulson, you know, he's very quick. Um, you know, he he didn't use the ball well. He didn't get it much, but he's certainly very quick. So Pickett and Paulson. So there's two really quick guys that, you know, we as a club, coaches, they have to actually have to harness and use their pace to an advantage to the team. So if it's if it's suck the tall forwards up from time to time and play that uh, Pagan's mm-hmm. paddock thing, lob it over the top, let these guys run onto it like we have in the past. You know, it doesn't happen all the time. But, um, you know, once... You know those guys work out what their pace can do, then yeah, they're 
they, they, both of those guys showed something. Mm. And can I just mention one fella, Tom Williamson? Yeah, I'm, I'm um, yeah. He got out bustled a few times. He's one that kicked the ball in the full. He made some mistakes. But there was a passage of play in the last quarter, and I reckon it was probably the best passage of play for the day for Carlton was in the last quarter when it involved himself and Marchbank from the back pocket. He took the ball. He gave it off, kept running. Marchbank threaded the ball between two St Kilda players. Williamson got it again. He kept running, dished it off. They went down the other end, and we kicked our fourth goal. I was wrapped for the kid because he'd had a an indifferent sort mm-hmm. of a day, and he'd probably be thinking to himself, like, geez, oh, welcome to AFL football. I'm not having a good time here. But he persisted, and he got something out of the game that the coaches would have said, kid, we like that. Mm. I like that. Everyone here liked it. And again, for those people that want to slam us, if you don't want to watch the game and pick out the positives, oh, I don't want to say what I want to say. To well, the, say what you want to say. Oh, no, no. No, we'll give, let's look. I can't say what I want to say. It's getting a bit too narky. But, let, you know, they're, they're, the, they're the sorts of things that I liked. And to be honest with you, we did try things all day. You know, the week before I said, I don't care. Try, make mistakes, right? So I can't go back on my word and say, oh, you know, they, they kept making me. No, I've said, try and make mistakes. They were trying. They tried to play on quickly at the wrong times. Mm. They, um, you know, they tried to use the corridor. Nothing worked for us all day. Nothing. I, you could see them, their minds ticking, but nothing worked. So what are you supposed to do? You just keep trying mm. you until have to, it don't works. You? The day it works is the day that will become a really good team. Mm. When, when it all looks good is when you're flying. When you, when it all works, it looks and killed. You know, everything was working for them. Um, so hopefully, in in a couple of years' time, we can sit back and say, "Well, we're there. Mm. We're, we're on the way." So, you got any more likes? Dennis Armfield for me. Oh, look, I know he's. We know we know what Dennis Armfield is, and he look. He probably isn't the best players on the weekend, but when we wanted a team just to have a crack, just have a go, and we wanted one of our senior players to just set the competitive standard, just set the competitive standard, mate. And you know we've got a few senior blokes who have come from here, there, and everywhere, and whether they really feel like they're Carlton men yet, whether they're ever going to feel like they're Carlton men, I don't know. Carlton players, whether they're ever going to really invest in the club and in the jumper, and they're going to make. Uh, you know, a concerted effort in their own heart and soul that they want to leave a positive imprint of the footy club? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe a few of them are just, oh, geez, they've given me a lifeline. I'll take this for what it's worth and I'll look like I'm trying my hardest. But the one thing you can never, ever say about Dennis Armfield is that he doesn't leave it out there. Every single thing he's got. And, you know, the odds were stacked against us on the weekend. It was overwhelming. We all know that. But I love the way this bloke puts in, and I have him in my 22. This year, I've got Armfield in my 22 every single week. I'm happy to have a more talented um, player out of the side for the competitiveness that Dennis Armfield brings to the table. And I don't know how often we're going to speak about him throughout 2017, but if he's listening, I want to thank him for at least putting in with every single thing he had to put in. And admittedly, it was a... Second week of the preseason comp. No one's going to remember this in a hundred years' time. No one's going to remember it in a week. But um, I hope he knows that his uh, commitment is, that doesn't go unnoticed, 
and he's prepared to cop one-year deals going forward for as long as he can can get them. And he does so much for the football club off the field. He is a Carlton man. He has invested in the footy club, um, and he does want to leave a positive imprint when his days are up. So, look, you know, he's played better games. He's hit the scoreboard more often. He's had more touches. And all, but I, I thought his competitiveness um, and willingness not to concede – in amongst all the other senior blokes in there, who a few of them, I thought, really let themselves down on the weekend through it. Just a lack of commitment and competitiveness. Um, I want to thank Dennis Armfield for that. Oh, well said, Andy. I mean, I wouldn't have brought him up on the weekend's game, but you saw you saw something that, that I didn't. And, you know, how many on the list? Is there about 40 blokes on the, on the list? Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Well, the other 39, if they can bring the competitive edge that he brings to the table... Well, you're well on the way to, to being a good side. Just and love it, don't, mate. Don't worry about you know the talent side of it, all that side of it. But if you can bring the commitment, the passion that he brings, the the willingness to, to strive to run someone down, go to another tackle and leave his man to help somebody else and all the rest of it, if the others on the on the list can just take that out of what he does, we'll be in a better place. And- Get over to it. And like the minute you, you and I, have, you, you're big on this sort of stuff. When someone does something well, get over. Oh, Pat on them that. on the ass. Say well done, I'm Coco. On that. Get over and get amongst it. Like make I'm them feel good the, about themselves. He's the first, but he'll run 50 metres to yeah. pat a young bloke on the bum or a senior. He, he'll do that, Dennis Armfield. Um, there's too many other blokes who I don't reckon at the moment would. And, and it's just by virtue of the way this list is being developed at the moment, this transition period we're going through. Maybe a lot of these blokes aren't going to necessarily ever feel like they're that invested in the footy club, I don't think. I hope I'm wrong, um, but he's not one of those. So, um, Anything else before we wrap it up? Uh, I'll just add Palmer, who had a serviceable game. Um, Billy Smets, uh, whose disposal efficiency was above nearly everybody else's with his, I don't know, 12 or so, 14 possessions, whatever he had. He, he didn't waste it. He made another step forward. Uh, McKay, whose work rate was pretty consistent all the way through the game. Uh, and even Nick Graham, I thought, as the game went on, started to look a little bit more comfortable. Maybe the pace went out of the game, so it's a bit hard to judge. But I've, I've got a feeling Nick Graham is going to be an important player for us as far as the length of the season's concerned. He's going to be needed at some stage uh, to fill in gaps, and we need him up and running. So that was that was reasonably good to see. I'll uh, just finish on this note that the following players and their experience. We had <coughs> McKay had zero games, Bokehurst 18, um, Fisher zero. Uh, in fact, there were 12 players in this list I've just made who were 20, who had played 28 games or less in this team, 12, 12 players, which is almost half the side. Um, so just, you know, with a grain of salt, understand why the result happened, and even last year, uh, last week, because it was the same reasons. So, you know, I think the club made the right decision with regards to logistics that Andy pointed out earlier, and let's just start building on our strengths and, and hopefully... Uh, get ourselves set for a really competitive start to the year because I think we're going to be competitive from the first bounce. I really do. Well, just to add to that, we've got uh, under 21s. We've got 13 players on the list, the most in the league. Hmm. So uh, and also we've 
I don't think we mentioned Cripps got through. Yeah, no, he'll be he'll play another quarter. He'll yeah. play another. Well, he got through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, was, he was obviously he was feeling Just the pinch. Something fifteen I minutes. Banged in on the... last week about yeah. tackles inside fifty. We had five last week from thirty six entries. So what's that? One every seven times you go in there, right? This week, you know, people say oh, we only had seven tackles inside fifty. Well, they only went in twenty six times. Mm. So it was one every three and a half times. So there was an improvement there too. You got to look at everything, guys. You know, just don't go there expecting us to, to you know, kick twenty goals and beat sides. It's it's not going to happen yet. So just be patient and just stick. Just stick. I mean, if, if we're on a journey, it, journeys don't, you know, it's not all over and done with in in a matter of minutes. I thought you were going to say something really profound then. Well, you're heading into. It. I thought when you say when you talk about journeys, I thought, do you feel he's going to come out with something really po- poetic and? Finish on some really high note. Me, yeah, poetic. I yeah, thought right. you were. I thought you'd. I thought you'd googled something and you'd. I want to every, tell you about every journeys. Journey starts with the first step. Yeah. Okay. Something well, like let's that. Let's go with that. That'll do. Uh, thanks for tuning in, folks. We're hopefully going to be on iTunes uh, very, very soon. We'll let you know via the Twitter account as soon as that happens. It'll make it a whole lot easier. Theatre download uh, the thing. Just subscribe once we're there. But um, we're look. We're blown away by the number of people who have listened to the first couple. We're going to keep talking Carlton when nobody else does. And we very much uh, thank you for being part of Ep3, the Carlton Show. Onward and upward. Better luck against Fremantle this week. Hopefully we hit the scoreboard a bit more than we have in the first two and we start playing a bit more positive footy. I'll see you next week, Gex. Ciao. Bagsy. Thanks, Andy. And to my Richmond mates who think round one's going to be a bye, think again. Going all right, the Tigers? The Tigers are going, they're going all right, Richmond. Yeah, well, think again. No, they're going all right, Richmond. Yeah. We should talk the Tigers up. Well, they, they reckon it's a bye against us. Oh, they're going well, the Tigers. They are going to a be boy. They'll get no. They're going to be very, very hard to beat yeah. Richmond. It'll be short price faves. Absolutely, they it's will. It's going to be a buy, is it? I don't think it'll be a buy. Mm. Uh, saying, uh, speaking of buys, that'll be it. Patrick, have a nice week. We'll see you next week on the Carlton Show, folks. And they will know that they've been playing against the famous old Hi, I'm Dr. Gamma from Dental Lounge. Would you like to increase your success, whether it be personal success or career success? Studies have proven that enhancing your smile can enhance your quality of life in every way. I've seen hundreds of patients for porcelain veneers and smile makeovers with amazing results. Simply tap the banner and book your free consultation and I'll be happy to show you. And best of all, ask about our interest-free payment plans. Dental Lounge Macquarie Street. Create success with your smile.